Hi, I'm Max. I'm Joe. And I'm Zan. And we're the Three Wanting Witches. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and follow and give us a five star rating. Also, please share this podcast to those who you think might enjoy our content. Hello, witches. Hi. Today we have another special treat for you. Uh, our third witch, Mags, is out, still sick. She will be back next week for sure. Um, but I'd like him to say hello. Hello. That he, is Joe's husband. Yes, and he may not, you know, be on the podcast, but he's always on the podcast. Mentioned. Yes. So, one first things first, uh, we didn't get to say what we voted for as our favorite wine of the night on our last episode, so I did want to mention it. It was the Texas South Wind in Red Raspberry. It's very good. Where'd you get that? Specs. But it was recommended by a co-worker, so, well, actually, he recommended the brand with a different flavor, but I couldn't find that flavor, so I got this one, and it was actually really good. That's very good. Cool. All right. So the one we're drinking tonight is Barefoot Fruscato Pineapple. Yeah. It's not your typical favorite. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, anything going on this weekend? No, we may or may not be going to San Antonio. Well, we are going to San Antonio. Yeah. You and Arnold are going to go to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, if you don't go... I have a job for you. Huh? Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. definitely. What's yeah. that? Her name is Chiquita. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's yeah. she's a good girl. Gonna take care of our other animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were gonna talk about Junior. <laughs> oh, that too. That too. I forgot. So our brother is doing that seven-day film festival for Corpus Christi, and he actually asked me if what I was doing tomorrow because he wanted me to be an extra, and I won't be available. So I suggested if Zen ended up staying home, she could be the extra. Well, he didn't ask me because clearly I cannot pass for a college student. No, no, so. no. He did ask me. He's like, well, what about Zen? Oh. And I said, well, she's supposed to be going with me to San Antonio. But if not. I'll do it if I can. You could be in a movie. You could be a movie star. Yeah. Could be cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where we left off last time, Favor just finished her first trial, which was The Worm. And she broke her arm. Her mm-hmm. bone was sticking out. And Rhysan comes in there, bargains with her to fix her arm. Mm-hmm. After a bit of sass. Just to let you know, Feyre is going to this mountain where her love is being held. Arnold hasn't read no, yeah. the Yeah, book. I think you should he's, probably explain that. He's just kind of following along. So where we're at is the evil fa- uh, fairy, or fae, her name is Amarantha, has taken Feyre's love, Tamlin, uh, to under her mountain. That sounds funny. And Feyre <laughs> is a human who wants to save this Tamlin. And Amarantha has given her a bargain. If she can complete three tasks, then Tamlin is free to go. Or she can fall, uh, solve a riddle. So right now she's going for the, the, ta- three the tasks. tasks. Yeah. Didn't Hercules have to do something like this? I have no idea. Or some other. It makes sense. A lot Greek, of the Greek author's books are mm. kind of like based on a lot of fables and a lot of Greek god mm-hmm. mythology intermixed. So, yeah, it would make sense that that's probably. This is very much like the Hunger Games portion of this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. Mm. Chapter 38. As Feyre is scrubbing the floors of the hallway, she tries not to look at the evidence of her deal with Rhysand, that tattoo. So she got a tattoo that was part of the bargain when she said yes and agreed to it. Her hand has a tattoo all over it, so she can't hide the fact that she has made this deal with this man who is not her love. Was that a mark of property? Sort of. Like, I think it goes away if you fulfilled your bargain, right? Your end of the deal, I think. I'm not even terribly sure because the way that the deal was well, was that is, it, is, the is, rest is, of her yes. life. Yeah. So the the tattoo is never going away because the rest of her life is right. You know. So if she's well, just walking like well, in town, yeah, and people see her, it's like, oh, well, she's on that quest. No, it's it's she's got to deal with somebody in the night court, basically. Yeah. So oh, okay. basically, in the night court, whenever they make bargains with anybody. The, it's uh, written, it kind of shows up on their body. Mm. Yes. Okay. Okay. 
So she has a feeling that the eye on her palm was watching her. The guards told Farah if the floor was not washed and shining by supper, they were to tie her to the spit and give her a few turns over the fire. <laughs> the water she was given was filthy, so the more she scrubbed, the dirtier the floors got. When she tried to ask for clean water, the door was locked. Frustrated by the impossible task, Farah throws the brush to the floor and covers her face with her hands. She gulps down steadying breaths and tries to think of a solution in a rational way. Maybe there was some old wives trick. She's under a mountain, you know? Like she's scrubbing what stone floors. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that sucks. It's like made of mountain. And mm-hmm. so like every like dirt has to be just like falling all the time. And so it's just going to create more mud, you know? Yeah. So as she keeps scrubbing away, the dirt actually starts to turning into mud. She keeps thinking of herself on the spit, rotating. Mm. <laughs> Had the same thing happen to Claire. The door clicked open somewhere down the hall, and an autumn head peered at her. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about Claire better. And you know how they mark, They said that she had, like, red lines on her? Yeah. They were, like, grill marks. Oh, my God. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> is the spit like a rotisserie? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. <laughs> so this auburn head peered at her, and she thinks at first it's Lucian. But no, it's not Lucian. It's a female, and she is not masked. She looked a little bit older than Amarantha, and she had a faint blush on her cheeks and russet eyes, which is mm. bit, basically the telltale that she is related to Lucian. Lucian, my baby. Yeah, so Farah knows that she is before the Lady of the Autumn Court, and so she bows. The woman points at the bucket and says, Forgiving your name in place of my son's life, and then tells her, My debt is paid. And as she disappears through the door she has opened, uh, Farrah realizes she should have thanked her. <laughs> she figures out she should have thanked her because when she looks at the water, it's now clear. <laughs> she dumps some of the water onto the floor and watches it wash away the muck. Mm-hmm. That's an enchanted water. Yes. I need some of that water. All right. So what type of woman do you think Lucian's mother is? First of all, she, uh, before... I answer that. She's only a little bit older than Amarantha. So like Lucian's mother's only a little bit older than Amarantha, who also likes Tamlin. I'm still, (laughs) yeah, I'm still grossed out. Yeah. About that. But I do feel like they're very transactional. Like they're like, okay. So like Lucian and the mom, his mom are very transactional. So like when she did Lucian a favor, didn't tell on, him to tamlin he owed her a favor right and so now it's like oh you saved my son i owe you a favor and here it's like very like oh i you tit for tat like i get it mm -hmm. but i have a question like so she knows that the other sons what they did to lucian right and Mm -hmm. how as a mother could she just stand there while the others are trying to kill one of them well that yeah that's true i don't know also, it could be a facade for at least one of them, maybe. But if you think about it... One of the brothers? One of the brothers. Okay. You know which one, right? I think so. Yeah, the only one that has a name I, that I remember. Correct, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and but the, the other two were killed. There were at least two other ones that were killed. Yeah. But also, like, she let her husband... Sorry, I'm pouring wine. Are you sure? Are you sure? Um, She's popping a squat in a bucket in the corner. Uh, Maggie Maggie would be very upset. Yeah. But anyway, she stood by that while her husband uh, did whatever he did to her son. Yeah. So that's not cool. So anyway, so the fact that she's able to clean the floor doesn't make the guards happy. However, the next day they gave her another task. They shoved her into a massive, dark bedroom and pointed to the fireplace. She is told a servant spilled lentils in the ash. You know what lentils are, right? It's like a bean or something? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. The tiniest How do you say bean. lentils in Spanish, though? Uh, I don't know. Lentils. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny word. I'll tell you that much. Oh, do you know it? I, can't, I don't want to say it. Oh, come on. You know, every time we say something in Spanish on the show, we say, do it for Arnold. So <laughs> uh, now you got to say it, buddy. Yeah, it's too bad there aren't any. I just watches. like to say that y'all killed that bottle. Someone 
did a little pre-drinking before. Oh, that would be Zan. <laughs> that was, she, that she was, was me. In the mood. I needed to relax a little I've bit. I've only seen y'all like refill once and it's already gone. Okay. I'm trying to do so, this okay. translate. Big gulps. While you're figuring it out, um, she used to clean the lentils up before the occupant returns or he'll peel off her skin in strips. So as she approaches the fireplace and cringes, it was an impossible task to sort lentils from ash and embers. She looks around the room. There's no windows. There's no exits. There is a bed that's neatly made with black sheets of silk. So she crawls farther into the fireplace and begins her task. Did you figure it out? It's lentejos. Yeah, no, lentejas. Do you have a speaker button that it does it or no? Lentejas. Well, I was like lentillos, so that's almost <laughs> that's kind of close. You have the, close. the male lentils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So two hours later, her eyes are burning, and she removes some lentils, but there's always more and more. So she doesn't know when the occupant are supposed to return. So every time she hears a footstep outside the door, it causes her to reach for the iron poker. Wait a second. Yes, ma'am. So she is like, okay, as they're describing <clears throat> this part, I remember reading it. And just rereading it before we got to the ship. And, um, so she is like literally picking them out of the ash, right? right? Right. Why wouldn't you just pick up the ash? I know, right? Because <laughs> you just shouldn't clean up the whole thing, right? Yeah. But you know, Vera isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah. One would say that she was not the person cleaning her hovel. Oh you know, my God. That's it was the, the other people that yes. were cleaning the hovel. Okay, so she's reaching for this iron poker because Amarantha never said she couldn't defend herself. <laughs> so the lock clicks and she lunges for the poker and shot to her feet. In the darkness, she hears Rissan say, As wonderful as it is to see you, Feyre, darling, do I want to know why you're digging through my fireplace? <laughs> Hello. I know, right? That's what they call it now, fireplace. Mm. So Feyre tells Rissan of her task. She asks Rissan who she has to thank for this idea. So if this is Rhysand's room, do you think he tumbled in these black sheets with Amarantha? Maybe, but the way that they describe the room, it looks like the sheets haven't been disturbed. Like, like it's unused, right? Yeah. Like he ends up spending all his nights with her. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe he sleeps on the floor. He oh, just okay. doesn't want to make okay, a bed. So his nickname is mm. Amarantha's whore. So he services this evil The shotgun. So, <laughs> I know. So the, the thing is, she wants Tamlin. Amarantha wants Tamlin. But Tamlin doesn't want Amarantha. And so she, she's giving him a few years to break this curse. And all that while, Resand has been servicing her. So was this Amarantha chick that one with... The Marlboro lady that you said on TikTok. Y- yeah. That's her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Miss Marlboro. Yes. The one that looks like she's dead. Yes. Okay. I got you. So, yeah. So, I guess, yeah, this this room is not really used. It's just more for him to, like, I don't know. Keep his clothes in, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he goes and farts. (laughs) Sorry. Why not? (laughs) Is he outside? No. This is all under the mountain. In fact, he's described as... Having moonlit skin, like porcelain, mm-hmm. like very light skin, and he's not normally light skin. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So Reese asked Vera if shame is riding her a bit hard because of their little bargain. She ignores this and asks if the fireplace is clean enough. <laughs> he asks why <laughs> there were lentils there in the be- to begin with. And Vera answers that it was one of his mistress's household chores. He tells her they must think he would find some sport with Vera. She asks Reese if it is a test for him, since he had bet on her during their first task. Amarantha did not seem pleased about it. Reese asks Vera what could Amarantha possibly have to test him about. Vera tells Reese that he lied about Claire. He knew very well what she looked like. He answers that Amarantha plays her games and he plays his own. It gets rather boring under the mountain. Yeah, girl, clean that <laughs> fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, what fireplace really is that clean? I, I, I don't know. But also, like, this is where you kind of can tell he's he's not being truthful to Feyre, but he's also not being truthful to Amarantha. So this is where you're kind of like wondering what the like what's his deal? Mm-hmm. Like, what's his goal? What's his end game? Yeah, he's being just kind of sus to everybody. I remember cleaning our fireplace back when I was a kid. Uh huh. 
That thing was immaculate. <laughs> so it was possible. He had that fairy water. And also, how old were you when you cleaned out that? Uh, oh, I don't know, 10, 11? Oh, see, see Favor's 19. She can't get it done. Yeah, mm. but she doesn't do that. That's right. It's Nesta Orlean. I promise okay. you. Favor points out that he got let out during fire night and then was able to put that head in the garden at the spring court. And he tells her that Amarantha asked him to put that head in the garden. As for fire night, he tells Feyre not to think that it did not cost him. But he has reasons to be out. He asks if Feyre is going to be put down. <laughs> put him down. <laughs> I know. He asks if Feyre is going to put down the poker. Sorry, old yellow. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you know what you sound like? Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> he tells her nice effort, but it's useless. She asks Reese how he manages to still have his power. He tells her Amarantha did take his powers. This is just the remnant, the scraps he gets to play with. Tam has brute strength and shape-shifting. His arsenal is a far deadlier assortment. She asks if he can't shape-shift. He tells her all the High Lords can. They each have a beast roaming beneath their skin. While Tam prefers fur... He finds wings and talons more entertaining. She asks if he can shift now, but he doesn't answer this. He stands, and darkness that hovered around him began to writhe and twist and flare, and it was done. Not a full shift. It was still Rhysand's face, his powerful male body, mm. but flaring behind him were massive black membranous Membranous. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I missed it. What? Membranous wings. Like... It makes you think of so, member. Right? So these it makes fairies, you think right? of balls. Yeah. They're just flying around like no clothes. Just no, no, it. no. They're, they're clothes. So anyway. Okay. Yeah. In their beast form, no. Right? Well, I think he's still wearing clothes. Or oh, no. no. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't fully shift into right, his right. beast but the But the other ones, yes. They are not fully clothed when they shift. Sorry. If you could shape shift, what would you change into? Hmm. Okay. If it was, if I was a human... Or if I was a fa- fairy living there, then it would probably be some scary beast. Like a dragon? Yes. Like, so because you're literally, like, walking around there, and there's always something, like, around the corner that's about to eat you, right? Like, mm-hmm. Or, like, just to, like, tear you up for fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if it was here, in real life, if you could shapeshift... The Loch Ness Monster. Like a supermodel? <laughs> I was just kidding. Oh my that's god, not, that's not healthy. Um, I don't know. No, not like in real life. The I would, Loch Ness monster is real. They you have want videos it, of it. You want to turn into the Loch Ness monster? <laughs> you mean Nessie? <laughs> <laughs> you want to like start making money in it? Okay, so <laughs> he just said Nessie, right? That also brings up Twilight oh because my god. Jacob's nickname for Renesme was Nessie. Oh my god. We laugh because we always bring up Twilight. Yeah, that was not my intention at all. Yeah. Well, it happened. Yeah. It's Julia's fault now. Joe's fault now. Oops. But yeah. What did, did you say what you would... What you would said you the do? Loch Ness Monster, right? Well, or a dinosaur. That'd be freaking cool. Oh, yeah. A pterodactyl? Oh, like a T-Rex? Oh, yeah. Like you already are? Oh, whatever. <laughs> hmm. What do you want? She got the short arms. What do you want? No. What do you want to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arnold. What do you want? Uh, I would say either like a dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> so you can be snorted cocaine with? But or used, you, to, you, you used gotta, to snort cocaine. You either participate or just see or where I go. Or being a G-string. There you go. <laughs> oh my God, stop it's it. It's a new place every time. <laughs> Travel the it world. could also be in a man's ball sack, so, you know. Ooh, why would... Mm. Damn. Damn. Men are strippers too, dude. Or ladies of the night. I mean, I don't know. Not ladies of the night. With their members? With their membranous members. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so when Reese asks for flattery, Fairy tells him that he has a high enough opinion of himself already. The flattery of a little human would matter little to him. This makes Reese laugh, and he says, I can't decide whether I should consider you admirable or very stupid for being so bold with a high lord. So what do you think about the difference between... Tam and Reese, and how they deal with Farrah's attitude. To be honest, they're very similar. You think so? Yeah, I do. I think Reese is more playful with it. Oh, yeah. No, that's that is true. But they both remind her of her place. Yeah, I guess so. As a human. But I think he's just joking. Like, Reese is, well, we don't know that right now, but I think he's just joking yeah. with her. And 
whatever. Yeah, we do, we at this point, like reading it for the first time, you're thinking, oh my god, like everyone's just telling her you're a human. You're like you're at the bottom of the food chain. You know, mm-hmm. you're just barely above being a rabbit. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but you know, also if you think about it, besides Tamlin and Lucian, Risan has spent the most time with her at this point, right? He's interacted with her out of all the fae. Like, That's he, true. That is true. He's so talking he spent to time. her. So he spent time with her, and, like, you know, time is valuable. So him giving somebody his time, you know. Yeah. I'm thinking back to the when the first time, the first time I was reading this and how kind of difficult it was to get through the first part because it, it didn't seem like it was going anywhere. Yeah. And then when we get the Reese mm-hmm. in you know, it gets more interesting. Introduction, right? It does get more interesting. And then he does start talking totally. to her and spending time <laughs> with her more. And he challenges her more and she's feisty yeah. back. And he takes it and gives it back. Yeah. So I think that's when, when the reader's like, oh. Well, yeah. Do I like this? Well, mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> I, uh, so Arnold and I always go back and forth. And I think that if he would just take the things I give to him, it would be kind of boring. So What do you mean? Like you and I are always like... I, you calling us boring or what? No, no, no. I said we go back and forth. Because we with, are. That's fine with me. Uh, whatever. No, I'm talking about <laughs> us <laughs> like talking crap to each other. We do it all the time. I mean, it's always oh, playful, yeah, but yeah. we do it all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Tamlin is not text. that. We do everything. Yeah, Tamlin's boring. Yeah, yes. I mean, uh, but he is Lucian. very straightforward. <laughs> like he loves her. He told her. So there's that. I and guess he's not playing weird games like Reese at this moment. Anyway, Tamlin's like cheese pizza. Ew. You know, like he's like well, cheese. Is it pizza. just one cheese? Is it five cheese? It's no. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah, one cheese though. pizza. It's it's from um, Papa John's. Yeah. I don't know. I know that, that garlic I mean, sauce. It slams pretty hard. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but but even so we know our pizza like from every. Yeah, but even Lucian is like Pizza Hut pizza. Okay, so Arnold doesn't have a high opinion of. Pizza oh no. Hut pizza. Okay, what about Domino's? Out of the fast place? food pizzas, Domino's for me is good. B and J's, okay. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's a local. Gotcha. Local. So Pharaoh asks him if he knows the answer to the riddle. She never said Pharaoh could not ask for help. Rizan lets her know that after Amarantha had Pharaoh beaten, she ordered them all not to help her. When she orders something, they all bow to it. When Pharaoh tries once again for some help, he tells her not to waste her breath. None of those under the mountain can help her. Reese does one thing for Feyre. He snaps his fingers and both Feyre and the hearth are cleaned. When the guards come for her, Reese tells them, no more household chores, no more tasks. He also tells them to stay out of her cell, don't touch her, and tell the others. If they do, they are to take their own daggers and gut themselves. Their mm-hmm. eyes are, uh, they go glazed and dull, their mouths slackened. So this is him glamoring the guards. And as Feyre walks out, Reese says, you're welcome. So what's turned you on more? <laughs> him being protective or him cleaning up the mess for Pharaoh? <laughs> no. Aren't they both one and the same kind of? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. Kind of. I, Although I do like somebody that helps clean. For sure. Um, the clean area is kind of a, I don't know if it's a turn on, but it's definitely <laughs> a plus. It's like, all right. So our next bottle of the night is Schmidt's own Family Wines Riesling. Crisp and fruity. Okay. Chapter 39. Following this interaction with Resand, Feyre receives a fresh hot meal each morning and evening. She recites the riddle to herself again and again, usually ending up with a pounding headache. Days pass and she sees no one, not even Resand, to come and taunt her. She looks at her palm to see the eye and wonders if Rhys did this to quietly remind her of Jurian. At times, she'd find herself saying a few words to the tattoo. She thought she saw it blink when she was dozing off at one point, um, which is kind of funny. Like, mm-hmm. she's, like, talking to it like it's a friend or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Wilson. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, about four days later, two high fae females come to her cell. They press close to her body, and together they step through the closed door as though it wasn't there. None of the guards stopped them nor looked in their direction. The two females take her to a different room, strip her, bathe her, and then start to paint her body. They offer no explanation for what they're doing. From her neck up, she had rouge applied on her lips, a smearing of gold dust applied to her eyelids, coal lined around her eyes, and her hair coiled around a small golden diadem. From the neck down, she was a heathen, painted in blue-black pattern that matches the tattoo on her arm. 
So she was a queen from the neck up and a freak down below. <laughs> <laughs> like a mullet, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. Party party at the bottom. She is then placed in a gauzy white dress. Two long shafts of gossamer, just wide enough to cover her breasts, pinned at each shoulder with gold brooches. The dress barely covered her below the waist, with the majority of her backside exposed. So they could see her butt. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, at least the sides. I think it's like the middle. So they saw the sides of what? Of her butt cheeks. Her Otherwise cake. known as? Not a guess. Her <laughs> not a guess, that's right. She's, it's very like Princess Leia. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh, stop it. Farah asks to be clothed in something else, but the high fae ignore her, and she's trying to rip the entire thing off. She hears Reese say that he wouldn't do that. Something tells me that Reese would not wear that. Farah <laughs> <laughs> tells Reese that their bargain hasn't started yet, and he tells her that he needs an escort to the party. He chuckles and says that she looks just like he'd imagined that she would. She asks if this was necessary, and he explains to her that he will know if anyone touches her when the paint gets messed up. He makes it a point to mention he will know if a certain spring court high lord touches her, and he doesn't like his belongings tampered with. He then tells her they are already late, and so he's pressing her to go. So, would you rather be in a tunic and pantaloons, Farah, or half naked, Farah? You know, now that I think about it, pantaloons don't sound so bad. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, dare you. <laughs> I'm going to see you walk around with pantaloons. Well, it'll be under my pants, okay? So oh. it'll be all bunched up. <laughs> yeah. I imagine it's very drafty under the mountain, so definitely pantaloons. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. You know, and then imagine all the creepy crawlies. That are... And she's like barefoot too, I think, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Gross. Although she did clean those floors, right? They should be spick yeah, and but also she puked all about her her cell. And later on, she goes back there and she's walking around in her puke. Uh, she shouldn't do that, though. I mean, she did, like, pick a spot, right? <laughs> <laughs> As they walk through the halls, Feyre is cold from the barely there getup she's wearing. Together, they enter the throne room. Fairies gawk as they pass through the entrance. Although Reese did not touch her... He was close enough to let everyone know that Pharaoh was with him, that she belonged to him. Rhysand takes her before the dais, and Tamlin is once again by Amarantha's side in his usual clothing. Reese wishes Amarantha a merry midsummer, and she asks Reese what he had done with her captive. Tamlin gave no reaction except his white knuckled grip on the arms of his throne. Rhysand announces, We made a bargain. He announces her agreement to stay with him one week a month in exchange for his healing services. And he raises her arm to reveal the tattoo. So she raised it so everybody could see it or because it's hidden like in her armpit? No. No. It's like a sleeve. Resand raised it. She can be like, look, everybody, this is my property. Yeah. It's almost like a glove. It goes from her, the tip of her fingers all the way up to like... Right here, kind of like a, one of those gloves, right? Mm-hmm. And then the middle of her palm is an, an eye. An eyeball? Uh-huh. Or an eye. I don't know why I'm saying eyeball. It's an eye. Yeah. So he raises her arm to reveal the tattoo. Feyre thinks to herself that Reese believes she will beat all of Amarantha's tasks. And she looks at him and thinks that his handsome ass with an elegant nose and sensuous lips likes to play games. All Amarantha replies with is, enjoy my party. Feyre keeps her head up and she wouldn't let anyone know how much it killed her to be so exposed. To have Tamlin see her so debased. Reese takes Feyre to a table and asks, wine? I mean, he's not really asking though, right? No, no. No. Remembering Alice's first rule, she shakes her head. Rhysand tells Feyre to drink it. She will need it. Eventually she does. Now, do you think Amarantha is a little jealous of Rhysand's attention to Feyre? I think so. I mean, enjoy my party. Right? Yeah. Enjoy my party. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Because she had, uh, even though she wanted Tamlin's attention, she had all his attention for the last 49 years. And now he's uh, paying attention to this new young girl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, she's very much definitely jealous of Feyre. Because she's younger? Younger. Right now, Rhysand is paying attention to Farah, and also Tamlin wants Farah, right? So it's right. like... It's also a payback, in a way, for 
Rhysand, right? Because Rhysand is saying that he enjoys, or he's going to enjoy Tamlin's reaction to, mm-hmm. to her bargain with him. Yeah. So it's a party. What are they eating? <gasps> I don't know. Does it say? No. No, no not really. No. Nobody's on the rotisserie, or what did you call it earlier? <laughs> it's it's Middengard worm. <laughs> and they're going to have Middengard worm for a whole month. Ew. Because <laughs> it died. The memoridness worm. <laughs> um, no. After this, Feyre awakens in her cell, still wearing the dress. You know, if you can call it that. Uh, The world is spinning and she goes and pukes in the corner of her cell. She remains sick with nausea for the majority of the day. And then the door creaks open and Lucian enters. He takes off his cloak and sets it around Feyre's shoulders. Feyre asks what happened and Lucian answers that he doesn't think she wants to know. She looks at the smudges of paint around her waist and asks Lucian who did that to her and he replies, well, what do you think? He asks if Tamlin saw and he nods. Rhysand's attempt to get a rise out of Tam had failed. Feyre asks what she was doing the whole time and Lucian tells Feyre that she was dancing for him the majority of the night. She was either dancing or sitting on his lap. Feyre asks Lucian what kind of dancing, and he tells her not the kind of dancing she and Tammy did at the solstice. So, do you think Rhysand did anything to improve Feyre's dancing? I hope so. (laughs) Because, you know what's funny is that we're making this, uh, we don't even know she's a bad dancer, Mm -hmm. but we said that she was, so I'm hoping he did something to improve it. Right. She's a spicy dancer. Right. He definitely didn't tell her, watch it. There's a sharp rock down there. (laughs) Okay. So Lucian asks Pharaoh what she was thinking and she yells back that she was dying. She didn't know if Lucian would come and reminded him of the time he hesitated when she was attacked by the Naga. The Naga. (laughs) (laughs) Do it for Arnold one more time. Naga. Naga. She was attacked by the Naga. Was that part of her dancing? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, does that mean she's twerking if her old Nalgas are attacking her? Girl, girl, she doesn't have no Nalgas. Nalgas and the Nalga. (laughs) Definitely not someone that can, you know, clap. (laughs) 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 Lucian tells Feyre he made an oath with with Tamlin, Feyre yells that she had no other choice besides how could she trust Lucian after all he had said to her at the manor. He tells her that he risked his neck for her during the task. After she offered up her name for him, she had to realize he would help her oath or no oath. So this is that transactional. Yeah. You know, like since you did this for me, I forever yeah. am in your debt. Yeah. It's very yeah. tit for tat. So that's uh, Lucian's little love language, I guess. I guess so. So Feyre says again that she had no choice. He asks if Feyre understands what Reese is. She says she does, and she also tells him it's done with, and that he needn't hold up whatever oath he swore with Tamlin. Lucian doesn't owe Feyre anything. She would have done anything to wipe the smirk off of his brother's faces either way. Lucian is happy to see she hasn't sold her lively human spirit or stubbornness to Reese, and he also tells Feyre that they will see about her promise to Reese for one week a month when the time comes. So basically kind of like a challenge. Like they want to try to find a way around it. Yeah. That's not going to happen. They need to ask Nesta, the lawyer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we agreed that she would be a great lawyer. Oh, or a bounty hunter. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So Feyre apologizes for the punishment Amarantha ordered and the fact that Tam had to dole it out. He tells Feyre that this is why it took him so long to come see her. Amarantha used magic to keep his wounds from healing before Lucian left. Feyre asked if Tamlin is okay because of the spell Amarantha has used to keep him silent. Lucian tells Feyre there is no spell. Tam is keeping quiet to avoid telling Amarantha which form of torment affects him most. They are all playing a dangerous game. So, does this improve your thoughts on Tamlin's silence? Not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. He's not. So, he's not saying anything. He hasn't acknowledged Feyre. He doesn't want to let Amarantha know that he loves her or whatever, but she already knows. And he hasn't spoken up for her in her defense or anything Mm-mm. with the trial, with them beating her up in front of everybody. Mm-mm. Nothing. Doesn't guide her. Even Lucian risked his neck. Like, or right. stuck his neck out to, like, help her in one of the trials. But he would rather not show his own weakness. I guess so. You I know? So he's very, like, self-centered, I guess. He doesn't want anything to happen to Feyre because that would hurt him. <laughs> you know? Well, isn't he the king? 
He's not the king. He's the high lord. And there's seven high lords. Rhysand is also a high lord. Tam is just a high lord of the spring court. Wow. That's... Sounds like a lot of drama. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, there's like five books, so definitely. Yeah. The following night, Farah is once again washed, painted, and brought to the throne room. Farah becomes the entertainment of the night after drinking the wine. This is repeated night after night. She becomes Reese's plaything, the harlot of Amarantha's whore. She has vague memories of dancing for him until she goes sick and him telling her to dance more once she's done retching. Which is disgusting, right? Like, he wants her to dance more when she's throwing up. Oh. It reminds me of college. <laughs> <laughs> she awakes each morning exhausted and tries to escape the humiliation of it all by sleeping. And when she could, she thought of Amarantha's riddle. One night, after being painted and dressed, Reese enters and closes the door. He tells Farah that her second trial is tomorrow night. When Farah asks, so? He tells her that... It could be her last. She tells Reese that he is wasting his breath if he is taunting her into playing another game with him. And he asks Farah if she is going to ask for a night with her beloved. Farah tells Reese that she will have that night after she's finished with the task. He wonders aloud if she was this prickly as Tamlin's captive. And Farah tells him that Tam never treated her like a captive or a slave. Reese tells Farah that the shame of his father and brother's brutality made him fall as High Lord of the spring court. If he knew a thing or two about cruelty, it would have kept the court from falling. Farah points out that Reese's court fell too, and she sees sadness flicker in his eyes. She feels it deep inside, and she brings up his speaking of fire night and it costing him to be there. She asks if he was one of the high lords that sold allegiance to Amarantha in exchange for not being forced to live under the mountain. And he tells her that what he does or does not do for his court isn't any of her business. Yeah, so question, like he, she says that she feels his sadness. This mm -hmm. is like the start of something, right? Is it foreshadowing? Yes, yes right? it's foreshadowing. Like for somebody to feel another person's feelings feelings <laughs> she's feeling my feelings i feel your feelings girl yeah so i think like at this point in if you're a reader like the first time you're thinking oh maybe it's the the bargain maybe, maybe somehow right, right. this <laughs> wine is very crisp i like this wine see it's a, i it's really crisp. don't like wine but i like it cool cool it's the riesling Okay, so Farah asks about Amarantha holding court and torturing everyone for 49 years. He tells her that the Lady of the Mountain needs no excuses for her actions and tries to stop further questioning from Farah. But she manages to ask what he wants with her aside from taunting Tamlin. And he tells her that taunting him is his greatest pleasure. And why would any male need a reason to enjoy the presence of a female? She tells him, he saved her life, and he points out that he also saved Tamlin's. When she asks why, he winks and gives a non-answer. As they enter the throne room, everyone is monitoring Rhysand. Amarantha calls to him. Lucian's brothers start stalking toward them, and Farah asks Reese not to leave her. He tells her to stay close and keep her mouth shut. As he gets to where Amarantha has summoned him, they see a brown-skinned high male on the floor before the day is sobbing. Tamlin is once again sitting beside Amarantha, and she tells Reese that this fairy tried to escape and she wants to know why. The Fae from the summer court wets himself at the sight of Rhysand, begging, please, while his high lord watches on at the crowd's edge. Farah's bowels go watery. <laughs> okay, so Zan, <laughs> Zan kept on remembering about these watery bowels, and Mags and I never remembered it. And so now every time it pops up in the chapters, we have to like, hey, watery bowels. Yeah. Watery bowels. There they are. You're saying bowels, right? Yes. Bowels. Like, Not bowels. Okay. Like bubbly guts. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. saying are you saying balls? No. Oh. Balls. Just with the little... Like, <laughs> That's like a, a little sudden twang? That's yeah. a bowels. <laughs> I got the watery bowels. <laughs> That's that time of year. Okay, so question. What are watery balls? I, no, I was going to ask that you. That is I don't a know. medical condition. That's for sure. So what do we think of Resand? If the sight of him makes a fairy mess himself. He must be a really bad dude at this point. You're like up and down with, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? But... He scares somebody enough that they wet themselves by him just walking up to him. So he must have done a lot of bad things. 
Yeah, he must have done a lot of bad things that they have witnessed in the last 49 years. Yes. Yeah. So that's also probably foreshadowing as to why they don't like Grisand. Also, he's Amaranthus whore. He's also very hot and they're all freaking jealous. (laughs) So that he's so hot, it makes him pee. (laughs) Can you imagine? Yeah, it happens. <laughs> what? Like it happens oh, what? Taylor Swift? <laughs> Don't be talking about T Swift. Oh. oh my God. This is like the third episode I'm going to say how much I have hate for her. <laughs> oh, I love her. Whatever. From behind him, Pharaoh can tell that his talents had latched onto the fairy's mind. The High Lord from Summer Court goes still and shows that he is enduring pain at the sight of what his subject is experiencing. Reese tells Amarantha that the fairy wanted to get to the Spring Court, cross the wall, and escape into human territory. He tells her that he had no accomplice, no motive beyond his own pathetic cowardice. The summer court high lord seems to sag a bit, and this makes Pharaoh wonder what Reese has decided to tell about the male's mind. He is ordered to shatter him, and the fae goes calm and still, hugging his knees, ready and seemingly relieved, Reese takes out his hand and drops it at his side. When he curls his fingers into a fist, the fairy's eyes go wide, then glazed as he slumps down, Blood leaking from his nose and ears. Amarantha says that she said to shatter his mind, not his brain, and Reese apologizes, slips his hand back into his pocket, and walks to the back of the throne room. Not Reese, again, using the whole weaponized incompetence. <laughs> incompetence again. Also, is he, like, using the force? <laughs> <laughs> we basically He's the Dark is. Lord, right? He is. Right? He's yeah. Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. except hotter. Yeah. Well, because Kylo Ren was not hot. No. Well, a lot of people think that Kylo Ren is very hot. Well, his nose. And that not they weren't friend. looking at his nose. Ew. And honestly, what a lot of people would have liked that nose certain areas. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm stop. just saying. You have any comments, Arnold? You Kylo Ren was weak. That's all I got to say. Aww, no, he, he I, was weak. I like the way it ended. Like him. Mm. If we're just going by the movie, he... He was a wuss more than the Anakin Skywalker character. That's my opinion. Fight me. I mean, I'll fight you, dude. I'll win. Mm. I'll let you win. See? I'll still win. (laughs) Anyway, as he does this, the crowd hisses at him. Whore! Amarantha's whore! Reese doesn't acknowledge any of them, and Pharaoh wonders if anyone but Reese and the Summer High Lord realize that the killing had been a mercy. So I got a question. Yeah. So this same guy who made another guy piss himself, mm-hmm. now he walks somewhere else and everybody's hating on him. Yeah. So how does that work out? Did he go to a different part of the forest or mountain? No, or they're under the mountain. He's just walking down. So there's a lot of Caverns. Caverns. And there's also like different fae that are pro Amarantha. And then there's some who are like anti Amarantha. So if gotcha. they are pro Amarantha, they, they commend Stan for what he does. Right. But if they are anti Amarantha, they're calling him a whore. So now he's on the south side, basically. Sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Of, of King, I mean, oh. of our town? The south side of any town or south, city south is usually, side. yeah, it's usually side. like, you know, yeah, he's, a little urban. I think it's just their way of being like, you know, whenever you have a boss that is not like, oh, I, I told you to do it this way. Why didn't you do it that way? And mm-hmm. you have another coworker that's like, yeah, dude, that's how you do it. That's, <laughs> and we've always done it like that. Why didn't you do it? Like, it's like their way of like making an in for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's basically them. They're all Dwight Schrute, you know? <laughs> they're, they're all what? You don't watch The Office, right? No one? Uh, not at all. <laughs> okay. So everyone but you guys will know what I'm talking about. But Dwight Schrute sure. is like a kiss ass.H- oh, Dwight. Oh, I thought Dwight. you said I said White Schrute. I'm like, no, you're talking about like is that a 2023 thing? No, Dwight Schrute. Like he's just like I know who that is. Brown nosing the heck out of Michael. Yeah. So like that. That's basically. I. That's how I feel like that is probably going. Favorite thinks there were others involved in the escape plan. Perhaps even the High Lord. But then she wonders if this is just another calculated move in one of his many games. He walks toward the table, hands Farah a goblet, and chugs one down himself. Poor, so, poor reset. I know. So this is, you know, obviously the killing of another fae has bothered him. Yeah. She better show him some sort of, like, empathy because she did for Tamlin every time Tamlin went out and, and killed, like, bad fae. Yeah. She felt sorry for him and, like, she should feel sorry for him. Yeah. 
So he basically was like sympathetic killer. A bottle number three is Llano Estacado. There you go. Or Llano Estacado. Yeah, there you go. Black cherry, sweet red wine with natural flavors. So chapter 40. On the night of her second task, Fira stands before Amarantha in a smaller room than the throne room. Amarantha sat in a carved wooden chair, Tamlin standing behind her. Amarantha announces that Fira's second trial has come and asks if she solved the riddle yet. When Fira doesn't respond, Amarantha says, too bad. (laughs) She says she's feeling generous tonight. Like a kid? Yeah. She's feeling generous tonight. And how about a little practice? Fira Mm. looks at Tamlin and finds his eyes are hard upon her. Mm. After seeing both Tamlin and Fira staring each other down, a frowning Amarantha says, Begin. Begin. Yes, exactly like that. She probably has a deep voice just like that. Because <laughs> she's 500 years old. So the floor shatters and lowers Farah into a large rectangular pit. She scans the walls looking for a door or any sign of what was to come. Three of the walls were made of smooth, shiny stone, too polished and flat to climb. The other wall wasn't a wall, but an iron grate. She obviously did not clean those walls. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> Sorry. Well, maybe Lucian's mom did. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so there's an iron grate splitting the room in two, and through the grate, she can see Lucian. No, maybe. He's laying chained to the center of the floor of the chamber on the other side of the grate. There were no doors for her to get to his side. She would have to climb over the gate between, between them. them. Fear hears gold being exchanged as the fairies start betting. What bastards, you know? I know, right? (laughs) So they're betting on whether or not she'll survive. And the majority of them bet against her. So So who's this? The fairy crowd that is watching. Yeah, there's always like a crowd. Who's in the pit? The main character, Fayra. She's the young girl that hunted the deer and provided for the family. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so happy you know all this. Well, I listen. I listen. He's my number one fan. Make sure y'all follow. (laughs) (laughs) And give a five-star review. (laughs) But yeah, they're all like standing on the sidelines, basically exchanging betting. Like they've been down there for 49 years. This is their entertainment. So is this like the scene in Star Wars with Jabba the Hutt where Mm. Luke is down in the pit yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, we is explaining it in man terms. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only way I know. She sees Lucian's brothers in the crowd, but cannot find his mother or father. Amarantha gestures to the wall beneath her feet and tells her the task is to answer the question by pulling the correct lever. Answer it correctly and she'll win. Select the wrong one ends in her doom. Two giant spiked encrusted grates she thought were chandeliers start lowering. By losing, she would see Lucian getting splattered beneath it as she herself was squashed. Mm. Fear turns to the wall and Brantha gestures to. There is a lengthy inscription and below are three levers labeled one, two, and three. So Feyre starts to shake because she cannot read. Feyre wonders who told Amarantha she was illiterate. She refuses to acknowledge her handicap when Amarantha asks if there is anything wrong. What a bitch, right? Like she's like, anything wrong, Feyre? (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong? So this turned into the Goonies where they got to play the the bone piano. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, dude, babe. You keep on aging us. Whatever. No, no, no. Care. Last week it was the Garfield. <laughs> that was you, dude. That, that was, was you. me. <laughs> Favorite looks to Lucian, but he's too far away to be able to decipher what is written. So she reads and reads, but really no words are comprehensible to her. It's funny that it says that she reads and reads. I know, she's, she's literally reading. not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Lucian yells at her to answer the riddle. Metal groans as the grates continue downward. Looking at the blunt spikes on the grates, Feyre knows that this death would not be quick. Lucian once again yells her name. She's sounding out the words as well as she can, which is really sad when you hear it like that. In the graphic audio? Yeah. If you haven't listened to the graphic audio ones, definitely go and listen to them. You can sign up for Scribd and probably get access at least in a month. But... Do not just listen to those because you don't get all of the information. Lucian yells at Favor to answer the riddle. She's sounding out the words as well as she can, and Lucian tells her to just pick one. So Favor reaches out toward the levers. One, two, three. 
So who do you think told Amarantha she could not read? I Lucian. Pinch and Lucian, the one that's all getting hurt because of it. Because <laughs> he's all tied up on the other end. I don't know. I'm just throwing it. I can't eat. you know what? I'm probably just too toasted to remember, but is it would it be Lucian? Would it be Tamlin? I don't know. I mean I think it was a resand. You don't think it's a guy that's already in there? You know what? That, that's Lucian. Okay. I think it's recent. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Reason being is that he was all up in her mind, so he knew a lot of things, and he might not have told her recently. Maybe he told her. He could definitely cheat. Right. He could not care. That too. But also, he could have told Amarantha all this stuff when he was saying it was Claire better, like, Mm -hmm. and now she's just remembering. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So okay. So another thing is she. Mentioned that she knew that um, Feyre was a hunter, right? Mm-hmm. And while Amarantha was kind of questioning Claire, Claire was like, I'm not even a hunter, you know? So these are things that she knew ahead of time, right? Yeah. So so I'm thinking it was Resan, but he might have inadvertently done this to Feyre because he didn't realize that Amarantha was going to do everything and hold it against Feyre. Yeah. yeah, no, but he also could have done it knowing that he would have been able to like cheat, yeah, and maybe. tell and basically show her, hey, this is the answer. This is the answer. This is the answer. Fairy things. Two was a lucky number because that was like Tam and her, just two people. One had to be bad because it was solitary, like Amarantha or the Adder, and one was a nasty number. And three was just too much. She thought of three sisters crammed into a tiny cottage, hating each other. She goes for the number two. And as she does, a blinding pain wrecks her hand. She opens her palm to reveal the eye had narrowed. She thought she must be hallucinating. The grate is now six feet above her head. She tries to reach for the middle lever once again, but then the pain returns, paralyzing her fingers. She reaches for the first lever, and the pain once again strikes. She reaches for the third lever. No pain. The grate is now four feet above. Looking through the grate, she meets with a star-flecked, Violet gaze. Mm. Rixan continues to look bored. Lucian yells, Feyre, please! And Feyre reaches up for the third lever and silence. And she hears a sigh from Lucian. Poor Lucian. (laughs) So is she killing him? She would have killed him if she got the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. She would have killed them both. Mm. Him and herself. So she opens her eyes and the spikes are hovering not inches above her head. She had one. She stopped the grate from killing them. The grate now starts lifting and the floor beneath her rises. Fairy thinks that she hadn't won properly. She goes down on her knees and covers her face with shaking hands. Her arm starts searing with pain. And then she hears words in her head. Don't let her see you cry. Mm-hmm. Put your hands at your sides. Stand up. But Fairy couldn't move. Again, she hears, stand. Don't give her the satisfaction of seeing you break. She stands when the ground has stopped moving. She stares Amarantha down, just as Resand is telling her, and waits till she is in her cell to break down. Resand also tells Feyre to count to ten. Don't look at Tamlin. Just stare at her. And Feyre obeys. Resand commands her with, good girl, now walk <laughs> oh, away, turn a, on your heel, That's good. the whole thing, man. All the people, all the praise okay, I girls. Wasn't, I wasn't done. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but that is the whole a whole thing. Praise that the good girl, good girl. That, good girl. Like, oh, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your husband's going to find, like, a whole different career. <laughs> I know, I know. So, anyway, resend. <laughs> Commencer with good girl. Now walk away. Turn on your heel. Good. Walk toward the door. Keep your chin high. Let the crowd part. One step after another. Go on, get. <laughs> <laughs> so she is led <laughs> to her cell by guards. And once there, Reese goes silent and Feyre drops to the floor and weeps. Mm. So did this throw you for a loop? Reese's interference? Totally. I mean, the thing was, I, I kind of saw it coming, but I didn't <laughs> at the same time. So how many cups or glasses of wine have you had? Well, I chugged this last bottle. So. <laughs> <laughs> we were too slow. No, I definitely saw it coming. You just have a bigger mouth. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. I don't hear a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she cries for hours. 
for herself, for Tamlin, for the fact that she should be dead right now. But if you listen to the dramatized version, I mean, she's crying she and is. crying I and know. crying. It's awful. So for me, like, I'm imagining hearing you describe the story. Mm-hmm. And now I've jumped to Indiana Jones. Oh, my God. With that guy from the night of the, the night of the Templar, the last one. Uh-huh. It's like, you have chosen wisely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> After the Nazi just died and, mm-hmm. you know. So she cries for all sorts of things. She'd won, but it was cheating. Tam would never be free. She was an ignorant human fool. Her shortcomings had caught up to her. She would never paint again. What the fuck, Sarah? <laughs> I know. Nobody cares about that. Never see the sun again. She hears footsteps and Resan asks if she's still crying, which is funny. Okay, Resan. Like, she's a human. She's like, a crybaby. Hey, crybaby. You still crying, crybaby? 500 years old, you... <laughs> 500 year old mean girl so where's madame marlboro in all this she uh, madame marlboro is over there trying to fondle tamlin <laughs> <laughs> trying yeah why won't he let her because he loves Feyre. Mm-hmm. oh he's okay. trying to save himself with Feyre. Interesting. yeah also because she was like old when he was young are they both single which ones madame marlboro and the, the tamlin dude, whatever but tamlin wants Feyre. Yes, he's single, but he wants Feyre. He Reese. loves her. Right. Reese he's already said, is, I love well, Feyre. Damn, why not just get after it? So last episode, I was like, why didn't he just do it? Right? Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, no. Like, okay, not wonderful to like have to like, okay, I'm going to just let you S.A. me. But like, Rhysand has been letting her S.A. him like this whole time. But Tamlin is like, I'm not giving it up. San Antonio. Which I am. Yeah. I was going to say like, you can't do that to the willing. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But apparently, like Tamlin is like, no, absolutely not. You know, which I get. I'm totally understanding of that. He should not not have to do that but the whole reese doing it is just kind of like well i mean you said she's like 500 years old right no or, she's older or than more. more yeah, right? yeah. he mm-hmm. is 500 years well, i mean old. by today's standards that's how you get a ps5 what i don't get it no i don't either i think your listeners will get it because he's young she's old like like a cougar yeah okay i was in slow motion right there <laughs> <Slow> motion. <laughs> anyway he should not have to but it's it kind of sucks it sucks because he's in a bad position tamlin is reese is everybody is mm-hmm. and rantha just needs to die okay you know so moving on yeah after he asks she's still crying she keeps thinking of dying she keeps thinking of herself dying Rixan tells her that she's just beat her second task and tears are unnecessary. This results in Fairy crying harder, which makes Rhysand laugh. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. I can kind of understand that. When people, like, cry when they shouldn't be, it just makes you laugh. <laughs> no! But, but, you know, I also laugh at people falling, so I like to kick people while they're down. Rhysand is a little cray-cray. Because, <laughs> watch. Just watch Arnold. So Reese pries her hands from her face and he gives her a lazy smile and leans forward. Feyre attempts to pull away, but his hands are like shackles. Reese puts his wet mouth on her (laughs) cheek and licks away a tear. What? Arnold's face is like, what the fuck? And he continues to lick away. (laughs) And Feyre is so startled that she cannot move. Is he a cat? (laughs) For real. And when he gets near her lashes, she jerks back. So Rhysan laughs as she scrambles towards the corner of her cell. He sits against the wall and tells Fira he figured that would get her to stop crying. (laughs) She tells him it was disgusting and he says beneath all her pride and stubbornness, he could have sworn he detected something that felt different. Hey, so next time you start crying, I'm just going to lick the hell out of your face. I'll probably punch you in the gut. (laughs) Yeah? Or the kidney. Okay, but who else was thinking like you smell like you smell like you smell like babas now? But what about like okay, babas? (laughs) Uh, We ate a bunch of garlic. (laughs) (laughs) Water burger. 
He's like, onion. She's like, mm, is that grilled onions? She's <laughs> <laughs> probably hungry. I know. So do you think this is a start of something between Reese and Favorite? Or does she really think he's disgusting? She does not think he's disgusting. Yeah. Despite him being a little disgusting. bit disgusting. Well, yeah. she pulled away. She did. No. Only because he got close to her eyeball and she didn't want to get pink eye. (laughs) (laughs) I almost feel like it was a way of him being like doing something random as hell. Like random. Trying to get her to to stop thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. So Favor tells Reese to get out. He tells her that her gratitude is overwhelming. I would too. I would be like, get the hell out. I don't need someone licking my tears off. And she asks if he wants her to kiss his feet or offer him another week of her life for helping her during this trial. He answers only she feels compelled to do so. It was bad enough that her life was forfeited to this fame to have him now able to freely read her thoughts and feelings and communicate. So Reeves teases her about not being able to read and she tells him to shut his mouth about it. He tells her he wouldn't dream of sharing that type of info for petty gossip. She calls him a disgusting bastard. They go back and forth, and when he gets up to leave, he tells Farrah that he's been thinking of ways to torment her when she goes to his court. What making her learn to read be as painful as today? Oh, my God. He leaves before she can attack him, and so she starts pacing all sorts of piss and curses at Reese and that dang eye on her hand. And then she realizes Rhysand helped her keep herself together, even though it was through him pestering her. Do you remember earlier today, babe, when I asked you to pester me? Yeah, I was half asleep. He was like, you think that's annoying? I was like, yes, but it's our normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so chapter 41. <laughs> the following days were ones where Favorite did not recall. She was in a permanent darkness, and she began to look forward to when Reese would give her the goblet of wine. She gave up on the riddle. It was impossible for for an illiterate, ignorant human. Thinking of Tamlin didn't make things any better. She felt she knew she was going to lose on the third trial. Amarantha would never let Farah leave alive. Her dreams of a future with Tam were just that, a dream. She wasn't going to leave this mountain alive. So she drinks the wine and stops caring for who she was, what mattered to her, and stops thinking about painting. Oh. Was that after, like, I don't know, the sixth glass. Oh, God. We all are hoping that she <laughs> forgets about painting. Okay, so this fairy so, wine is quite strong. It's very You strong. only need a glass if you're a human. Yeah. So. Oh, but the paintings, what does she do, like stick figures or what? <laughs> you know, we've discussed this, whether or not she's a really good painter, and we bought all her portraits right here on the wall. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> They're very good. So, so so it ranges. Sometimes it's like abstract and sometimes it's more realistic. I don't know. She draws a good giraffe. <laughs> As she is being led to the chamber by Rhysand's shadow servants, they run into the adder. Although they are veiled, Farah still doesn't like being close to them. Uh, or to him, I should say. The escorts stiffen, which makes Farah even more nervous. They hear another voice, and her escorts swing Farah into an alcove hidden by a tapestry. One of the females covers her mouth with her hand, and the adder and his companion walk on, and Farah realizes they aren't just hiding, but spying. The adder tells his companion that she will be most pleased to hear that they are ready at last. The voice asks if the High Lords will contribute their forces. The adder tells him that the High Lords will do as she tells them. The voice says he's heard the High King is not pleased with the situation with the girl. Amarantha has made a fool's bargain. She's cost the war before, and he will not be so forgiving this time around. The adder retorts that his lady does not make bargains that are not advantageous to her. She lets them have hope and then shatters it making them beautifully broken minions. Whoever is speaking with the adder tells him that he's there on a condition of immunity from the king. If Amarantha thinks she is above the king because she rules in this wretched place, she'll soon remember that who can strip her powers away without spells and potions. Pharaoh realizes the king of Hybern no longer wants to wait on taking over the mortal world. Pharaoh thinks of Nesta. She told Nesta to get her family to safety. As the adder and the visitor leave, Pharaoh asks, 
who that was and the escorts say it's trouble. They tell her Rusan will soon know when she asks of his knowledge of this. There's nothing more for Pharaoh to do but wait for her next trial, I should say. Nesta is taking care of her family. Tamlin is still under the mountain, so Pharaoh just waits. As Pharaoh is lost in her funk, staring at the ceiling of her cell, she hears a noise traveling to her. She thinks it's another hallucination. She looks toward the small vent in the corner of the ceiling, which apparently is <laughs> central air. <laughs> Seriously, like what time is this? Because there's a vent. There's a vent. In a mountain. <laughs> I know. It's central air. I'm telling you. They have air vents. This is like a mine, right? Yeah. Or, or a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like on the floor when they have them on the floor? Yes. As she closes her eyes, she can hear it more clearly. The music built a path. Pharaoh follows it, walking out of the cell through the layers of earth and up and up into fields of cornflowers, past a canopy of trees, into the sky. She looks into the distance where the music summoned her. It was either a sunset or a sunrise. The music wasn't to dance to, it was to worship, to fill in gaps of her soul and bring her to a place where there was no pain. So she doesn't know if it's like going to be night or it's just the beginning of the day? Right. She doesn't know. She just knows that this music is bringing her comfort. Oh, okay. And Farrah doesn't realize it, but she starts to cry. And she has two more days until her trial. So under the mountain, she doesn't know whether it's day or night. Mm. But all she knows is that there is music there and it's bringing her comfort. So any final thoughts, Arnold? I had fun. Did you now? <laughs> yeah. I'm not a wine person, though. I, I, any I th- told you that and I can reiterate that. Any thoughts a, on the story? On the story, it sounds like a lot of drama. It sounds like a lot of fantasy. It sounds <clears throat> something that maybe in the future I would read, but not right now. Question. Which one of the wines was your favorite from tonight? That, I, I, don't, I don't know how to say the it. The Reese. There Ling. you go. That one. <laughs> yeah. It was crisp. It was quite refreshing. Same. I like the Riesling. I think so. Same same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. any question or comments can be sent to three, number three, whinywitches at gmail.com. And then we are on Instagram and we are on TikTok. Please follow us there. Our and handle is three whiny witches. Mm-hmm. Whiny like in wine. Please let us know if you have any kind of constructive criticism. Um, be nice, of course. And if you have any answers to any of the questions that we asked tonight, just be sure to forward them and we will bring up any of your answers on the actual podcast whenever, you know, we receive them. We will bring them up and um, please make sure to give us a five star review on wherever you're listening to our podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. Google, iHeart. Yeah. all, All the things. Yes. Also, please let us know how you've liked our two stand-in witches. Um, we'd like to see how you, what you think about them, if they, we should bring them back in the future. Mm-hmm. Next week, Mags will be back, so mm-hmm. we'll be back to our normal routine. So until next time. See you later, witches. Toodles. <laughs>